0: the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race, the million-dollar listing, this is World of Wonders' WOW Report, things that make us go wow.
1: Hey, uh, everybody, and welcome to the WOW Report, where every week, we count down the top 10 things that made us go wow this past week. And uh, I'm Fenton Bailey, a co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by James St. James, editor-in-chief of the WOW Report. Uh, and he- That's right. And the host of the new, upcoming, soon-to-be-launched podcast, Night Fever. And this week, we have a very special guest in for Tom Campbell, Seth Abramovich. Hey! Senior writer for The Hollywood Reporter. I would just get in your credentials. Not that you need credentials to be on this show, so. (laughs) And uh, sitting in your lap is Otto, is that right? That's right, Otto. He's a journalist in training. (laughs) all right so let's start the countdown we start at number 10
0: number 10
2: number 10 i wanted to talk to seth a little bit about an article that he just did for the hollywood reporter uh that's getting a lot of buzz about the great brett butler and sort of the hard times she's fallen on um uh tell us a little bit about how you how you just came to the article and what you learned about her
1: Uh, Well, I
3: just saw on Twitter that there was a GoFundMe to raise uh, money for her to pay rent. And um, that sort of shocked me. I hadn't thought about her in many years, but uh, I remember really admiring her. She was of that Roseanne era, you know, the mid-90s, and uh, she had her own sitcom, Grace Under Fire. And uh, I always thought she was really cool and funny and Southern and took no crap and I was surprised to hear uh, that she was in that state. And so I actually, I thought, well, I'd like to interview her. And I didn't know how to reach her. And I tweeted at her because she is on Twitter. And uh, that led to uh, a few discussions. And she was embarrassed, really, about her financial state um, and and insisted there was no story there. And, uh, you know, I didn't pressure her. But I said, you know, I think it could be good for you if we if we did this story and you just Brought people up to date with what's going on, and um, and so then we did it. And she's amazing. I love her. Uh, she's so smart. I mean, it's sad what's happened. She, you know, first of all, she had a very public Vicodin addiction that led to the end of the show back in the nineties.
2: She was very volatile those last couple of seasons, and and yes. the show sort of tanked because she was a little crazy, right?
3: Yes, and um, she got clean. Um, And then she moved to Georgia and she bought a farm um, and she was making a lot of money, $250,000 an episode at the the peak. And it went for five seasons Um, and um, she lost all of it and lost the farm literally um, and moved back here 10 years ago to L.A., to, to She thought, well, maybe I can just, you know, be an actor again. And she does really enjoy acting and she's very good at acting.
2: Well, she's know. on um, The Walking Dead now, isn't she? I mean, isn't that sort of helping to pay the bills or no?
3: Well, her, her head's on a pike, so she's not coming I, back oh, to that nobody show.
2: Nobody lasts very long on that <laughs> show. <laughs> uh.
3: um, but, you know, she's not making the kind of money she used to make. It never
2: went into syndication. I, you never see it playing anywhere, I, and I wonder if Hollywood turned her its back on her.
3: Yeah, and uh, she was she was relying on DVD money that never materialized, and uh, you know it's an extreme example because she she made many millions of dollars, but as she put it, that she felt she didn't deserve the money, and that's a different thing. She she has issues, you know. Um,
2: so she gave it all away, or she just invested it. She gave it away.
3: Money? She didn't want to get into specifics, but I I know that uh, an ex husband got a lot of it, and um, she she was stolen from, and she and she just didn't pay attention to it. You know, she she right. didn't have that money manager that was that was keeping an eye on her. So it's sad, but it I I never doubted in talking to her that there's another chapter for her. You know, and that she's she has all her faculties. She's smart as anything, and very funny and um and that's what I just kept saying to her I was like look we can we can make another chapter and something else can happen and and I think I don't want to say that I did this for her, but there's definitely a turn in in her mood uh since uh, definitely since the story came out, and she's been contacting me and saying the, the 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 response has been amazing and uh just on the GoFundMe, it went from like thirteen thousand to forty thousand Wow. And, um, you know, I'm hoping some work comes out of it for her and and that she writes a, a new uh, stand-up routine because that's how she started. And I think she described it as her her the purest uh, form for her, you know, where no one else is telling her what to do. It's just her, a microphone, and a crowd. So my dream is to see her on in an hour-long, like, Netflix special where she kind of talks about what happened that in a funny nice. way. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. she she's I, always had a, a like that Roseanne lacerating wit, you know. But yeah, she, she seems to be a little more turned inward than Roseanne ever was. Sort Definitely. of. Yeah, she's, she's, she's got sort of a, a a wound that that needs healing. I always feel, but I love that you are suddenly the the protector of these iconic women in Hollywood that have maybe fallen on hard times. To- that like you're sort of. You, you are the guardian angel that comes in and is helping these women who, these people who just, you know, deserve more.
3: You yeah, it's not like kids. it sounds lofty, but I'm I'm not trying to be anyone's guardian angel. I, I'm attracted to certain kinds of people and certain kinds of stories. And it just so happens that, you know, I had done Shelly Duval and now this one. And if that's going to be my reputation, let that mm-hmm. be my reputation because I, I love these women, you know? Right. So it knows.
1: It knows. Who's next? Uh,
3: for my profile,
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I can't oh, reveal. <laughs> but I have a few. I have a few in the, it, it, coming down the pike. I that tell I
1: you that the, there must be quite a few out there. Actually, it's a, a rich seam that you're mining. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, Hollywood can be rough, you know. Yeah. I mean,
1: I always find it. Um dissonant or sort of hard to $250,000 an episode to imagine someone with literally nothing where they need to do a GoFundMe. I'm not doubting the sincerity of it, but it's always shocking to, 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 to go from that height to, you know, from the, from the top to the bottom in that way financially. It's so shocking, isn't it? It's
3: extreme. And I only hope it doesn't happen to Otto.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right but well, let's move on we're going to post a link to your article set on the Wow. oh thank you you're welcome and let's go on to number nine
0: number nine
1: number nine i watched memories of a murderer
2: the dennis nielsen tapes on uh netflix have you heard about this
3: hard to hey, get it, what it's I hard have- to all the murders you know
2: Blake?
0: Wow. i haven't heard about it but i'm excited to hear about it because i love these murder
2: shows well this <laughs> one is really extraordinary dennis nielsen was one of the most prolific serial killers in uk prolific. history what well, okay <laughs> well let me start over again hold on before you make fun of me he was one of the, the 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 biggest serial killers in uk history and um do you remember him at all fenton
1: well i the name did he Put people in acid. I'm trying to remember what he did. Yes, what did he, he was he was a gay
2: man, and he would scour the West End of London in the 1980s, and he would find other transient gays, and he would promise them food and shelter and sex and whatever. And when he got them home, he would uh, chop them up into little pieces and and then put them in acid, and then shove the pieces down the storm train in the garden. Yes, Blake. I've
0: talked I've talked about um my favorite book called Exquisite Corpse on this show. Poppy Z. Bright. And one of the characters is based on this guy.
2: Well, there you go. There you go. Well, this, he, um, wanted to write his memoirs while in prison. And so he got a cassette tape and he starts talking about the murders and he's, he's detailing them in extreme. He's very intelligent. He's very, uh. he's all his faculties are there and he's telling the stories of these murders and of his childhood and his trauma and blah, blah, blah. And then he sent it to a reporter at the telegraph, I think is what it was. And then he died. And so the reporter just had all these tapes and has released these tapes. And he, he has this sort of Scottish brogue and this sort of deep voice. And he's talking about the murders and his horrible mother with her yellow teeth and that bitch of a, you know, blah, blah. and he sort of sounds a little bit like Boris Karloff narrating when the Grinch stole Christmas and everything <laughs> is very, he's very smug and very happy with himself. And it's all, and you get chills listening to it. It is so horrible. Um, To to hear him talk about, you know, shoving the bodies down the the storm train and everything. But one of the worst parts of it is there was this guy who escaped from him and he went to the police. But because he was gay, the police called – they gathered around and made fun of him and called him a poofter and said, the Nancy boy is making all this up. Go home. You were dreaming, blah, blah, blah. And he's saying, you know, this guy tried to kill. He was going to chop me. It was blah, blah, blah. And I managed to escape out the window. And he threw himself out the window. And he just you know comes in covered in blood. And they still send him home. And it all could have been ended. And sadly, he said that it was – that there were sixteen victims, but we there might be more. But they've only managed to identify four of four or five of them,
1: I think. He died of natural causes in prison, or was he murdered in prison? I think he died of natural causes. Mm. Mm.
3: It wow. sounds similar to uh, what's the American version of that Jeffrey guy? Dahmer. A who Dahmer, yeah, and then th- that someone escaped, and the police yes. didn't take them seriously. I always the had case. nightmares
2: about that Dahmer case where the, the young uh, Asian kid is running naked down the
1: street and the police return him to Dahmer. Yeah. Actually gave him back to Dahmer. That's, yeah. that's shocking. right. Oh. I mean, was James, your guy in this story, he got to go home, right? He didn't die. He was,
2: yeah, no, he, he went home and he's, I think they interview, oh, they interview him and he sort of relives the trauma of, of leaping through the window, the plate glass window.
1: What did they do to visualize the tapes? Because is it just archive and interviews or? It,
2: it's, yeah, it's a lot of archive. And, you know, you have a lot of tracking shots of the West End in 1984 and homeless people sleeping on the street. And then you're talking about it, blah, blah, blah.
3: I watched I the Ripper one. That. Wait, what? The Ripper, that was scary. That was women that he was yeah. tracking. But... No,
2: no. You mean Jack the Ripper, Ripper one? No,
3: it was like in the 70s, but in England as well.
1: No, I don't know that one.
3: Prostitutes. Oh, it's good. It's on Netflix. Okay,
2: okay.
1: The guy who did, uh, oh, God, what was he called? Rillington Place. He lived in Rillington Place. What was his name? Christie. Um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of serial killers in the UK. It's not a good place. It's not a good place. Right. And it's nice. like
2: gloomy, and everyone's like, you know, bored on the moors, and the, the mist rolls in, and what are you going to do? Uh, a little bit of
1: murder. <laughs> All right, well, let's go on to number eight.
0: Number eight.
1: June, June, October oh, twenty-second. seen it. October twenty-second, June twenty-twenty-one by Denise Villeneuve is being released. It hasn't even played at the uh, Venice Film Festival that's coming up. And yes, I've seen it, James. But I, it's embargoed. I'm not allowed to say. I'm not allowed to say a word about it. Well, then but I, I will. no, I have a few questions. I will next okay. week. No no hold on one second. first of all
2: um uh uh Timothy Chalamet his cheekbones and jawline are incredible from what i've seen it does he is he a
1: does he pull it off i can't say i can't say what <laughs> what i can do is tell you about dune the original book did you read the original book well, yeah, of course. You're well, okay, but hang on. This is a, we're having culturally, we're having a dune moment because, you know, the book was published in what, 1965. And mm-hmm. it's a great story because, as you probably know, on Arrakis, which is a completely bone dry planet, they have this thing called spice. And spice enables you to fold time and space so you it's can. It's a tap- K hole, is what it is. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's very 60s. It's like LSD without taking LSD. And the other thing is you've got this planet without any water, which is kind of referencing the oil crisis and our dependence on fossil fuels, you know. And it's this very long book, right? Paul Herbert, I think I'm right saying, wrote it. So you've you've read it, James. Well, it was in college. It was sort of
2: like, you know, it was one of those things that everyone, you know, that and the Cimmerillion or whatever.
1: Seth, so did you read it?
3: I have a copy of it and I keep starting it and putting it down. It's it's very dense at the beginning. Like Yeah,
1: yeah, you, sort really have on, you have to be
3: on LSD to read it,
2: basically.
1: So for yeah. years and years and years they tried to this is supposed to be the best selling sci-fi book of all time, apparently. And for years and years and years they tried to make a movie of it. Well they got around with Sting, remember? Well, they did. That's right. David Lynch made a movie in 1984, which was lampooned as just awful. And I watched a bit of it. Yeah, I thought I'm going to watch Dune from 1984. About half an hour in, you lose the will to live. Um, what's his face? Who's the guy from Showgirls who plays? Um, oh, who Kyle plays- MacLachlan. Thank you. Yes. he plays. Uh, you have Sting with orange hair in the little Speedo. You do. You have Sting levitating around and and sucking yeah. the life force out of beautiful twinks. Um, what, I mean,
3: you know, I, what is the deal with that? With the heart plugs and the twinks and the well, twinky? So I remember that as a kid.
1: It's very, very. Dennis Nielsen, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, but I am excited to see this. And and then there was the aborted version of Jodorowsky who tried to make Dune, and right. he got. That unmade movie is kind of almost the earth source of of Blade Runner, of Star Wars, of so many sci-fi tropes. And well, uh, also
2: I mean I don't think that um the Lord of the Rings would have been as popular in the 60s had it not been for uh exactly. two.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there's a great documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune, which I really do recommend. It's so good and so interesting
2: because well, I'm excited. To, first of all, the outfits look really fantastic for for this new one, and I love Oscar Isaacson. He's one of my favorite people on the planet, and um, Zendaya, who I think is poised to become the next Greta Garbo. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 gonna she's going places. Um, <laughs> So I'm excited to hear what you have to say next week. Will you, can you, when we shut off the cameras will you tell us something?
1: Okay, I will. If if yes, if you, if you stick around at the end, I'll do a little bit of June for you. Okay. but I, can't, I really they're quite serious about their embargoes, but uh yeah. Um let's take a break. Shall we take a break? Um this week, Seth, this is for you, especially James Apalooza, which is a full week celebrating Legendary club kid and author James St. James. Um, <laughs> we've done a whole special section on where it presents plus that is all his work. It's like transformations. What else we got there, James? So <laughs> modest, <laughs> guy and retiring. <laughs> you, you got some. You got some uh, wig stock
2: appearances. You, yeah. you got. Uh, you got. You got a little, a little bit of everything there.
1: Plus, of course, your podcast Night Fever is launching next week as well. And the first episode with
2: Diane Brill, Queen of the Night.
1: But wait, there's more. Party Monster, the book, James, your book, is being re-released. It
2: is. And we just saw the cover today, and I was very pleasantly surprised. It's really fantastic. I can't wait to share it on Instagram.
1: So that is James the Palooza coming to Wow Presents Plus and Night Fever wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And it's laundry day, so I'm wearing my Party Monster t-shirt.
1: He was
0: wearing it yesterday, too.
2: guys. I haven't (laughs) done laundry yet.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, since we're talking movies with Dune, um, what year was the last time a major Hollywood movie was, was released on VHS? And bonus points if you know the movie.
1: We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders' Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And welcome back to The Wow Report. I'm Fenton Bailey here with James St. James and our very special guest, standing in for Tom Campbell, Seth Abramovich, senior writer at The Hollywood Reporter. It's so good to see you again. Great to see you too.
0: Um, I asked what year was the last time a major Hollywood movie was released on VHS bonus points. If you know the movie,
3: Seth, I'm giving
2: this to you first.
3: I'm going to say 2009.
2: And what would, what movie would you think that would be?
3: Oh, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, gonna say, I'm
2: gonna say it was like around that time, like maybe 2007. It might have been like one of the Star Wars or something, a Star Wars know, thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Fenton, what? you have a guess? Jurassic Park. I don't know. It was 2006. Okay. And it was a it was Cronenberg's A History of Violence, starring Viggo Mortensen.
1: Ooh. Wow, that's what sort we of uh,
2: weird way
0: to go out
1: appropriate appropriate because of course Cronenberg made one of my all-time favorite movies of all time videodrome in 1982 Mm -hmm. which is all about the sort of transformative power of video and i think someone uh james woods ends up with a a vagina in his stomach that you put video (laughs) into
2: and debbie harry gets your head blown off right (sighs) anyway no something happens
1: is that
2: Oh, scanners, right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've never been able to
1: watch either of those movies. So. Oh Seminal movie video drum. Alright, let's go on with our countdown. Number seven. Number seven. Candyman, the remake. Um it
3: uh, well, let's talk about the original. Have you seen the original? Yes, many times. The original had a real uh, subliminal pull. Like there's something uh, very there's a reason why it stuck with us it, it, it had it had something to it that i unfortunately felt was missing in the new one they oh, leaned into the politics of it uh in the new one um so there was a lot of sort of didactic explaina- explaining of you know why things are happening and it kind of pulled away from the like dreamlike horror of the original
2: candy man That's, candy man candy yeah. man
3: they definitely do a lot of saying of the candy man in the mirror. So you, you get the basics, you get the bees, you get the hooks, you get the, the five times in the mirror. Um But I was a little let down. I have to say, what's her name from sideways. Um She's amazing. Uh, oh, okay. Santa? She's no, the, the blonde one, you know, oh,
2: Virginia um, Virginia Madsen,
3: Virginia Madsen. Yeah. yeah. She, she gets, uh, He was in the original. Yeah. She was in the original and, and uh, she keeps getting framed by the Candyman and she's, you know, they keep putting her in, in more and more like secure restraints because they think she's this insane killer. And, um, no, and there's definitely really like a Phantom of the Opera kind of relationship between the Candyman, who's played by Tony Todd, who's like almost seven feet tall and very magnetic and sexy. They had this sort of like Phantom of the Opera type relationship where he would visit her and he'd be like, you're going to kill for me and you'll do this. And it was very um, sexy, I guess. And this one kind of uh, is not as focused. Well, I
2: keep seeing on Twitter that there's a lot of hate being directed towards it. The people who wanted to go, who went into it, wanting to love it are really not responding to it.
3: I, I, I guess I'm one of those people, mm-hmm. but I, the reviews have been very good, but um, generally, but um I was, I, I, but I don't wanna like, you know, poo poo on a, a movie that people are excited about. So let's just say go check it out and decide for yourself.
2: Well, it wasn't it on the, the shelf for, a, wasn't it supposed to be released yes. like in 2020 and then because of the pandemic. And so it's, it, I think people had unreasonable expectations because they'd probably been waiting for a year and a half or 30 years.
3: Yeah. And it's very current. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm wondering if uh, people, like, all the victims are white. <laughs> um, which I don't know if that's going to cause any controversy. It, it, I, I don't want to give anything away, but like all the victims end up being white.
1: What's ah. the political aspect to it. That, you well, know, that, you know,
3: it's, uh, it takes place in Kabini Green in Chicago, and uh, you know, the, the, the original Candyman was the victim of a of a lynch mob. Um, in this one, they expand that idea to 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 be uh, uh, anti black violence. Uh, over the centuries you know and that's very worthy and cool but um it needs to to bring the horror you know and uh, i thought it was just a little scattered and then the last act kind of goes by really quickly and you're like what's what's going on
1: Mm. well that's the Candyman, um and you can go see it in theaters it's it's opening today first day
3: and I recommend um rewatching the original which is for free on Peacock first cuz there there are uh through lines from that one to this one. Okay. All right, let me is get it a re- I'm sorry, Is it
1: a remake or is it a whole new story?
3: It's a whole new story. It's 30 wow. years later.
1: Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah,
3: it's a it's a sequel. It's it's okay. a sequel. So it you can watch them I don't know about the number 2 and number 3 cuz they did make three original yeah Uh, Uh, you can go from the original Candyman to this one and it connects
1: awesome great uh number six james number
2: six number six i watched the chair this um the new series on netflix starring sandra oh and holland taylor and bob balaban and uh jay duplass for jay duplass from the duplass brothers they're like they do independent films Well, he's so handsome. I'm going to talk about him in a second. And this is, um, Sandra is the first woman of color to be named um, head chair at Pembroke College to the Department of Literature. And what she finds is that the, the, the... Every all the professors there have all been tenured a hundred years ago, and they're all sort of these decrepit old men who are stuck in their ways. And she's trying to shake things up, and everybody sort of closes ranks around her throughout the series. And um, it's just sort of a series of misfortunes. And she has a daughter, this little girl who steals every scene, and she's in love with uh, this other professor who accidentally, well, he's giving a, a lecture, and he does like a Heil Hitler is a joke. And it becomes a meme, and suddenly they, the, um, everybody in the school starts protesting against him, and it sort of snowballs out of – but the reason to watch it is Holland Taylor gives – a performance that is just—it's—it's it's so heartbreaking and volcanic and hysterical and powerful. She's this older woman in, who's been with it forever and ever and ever, and she's never gotten anywhere in the in the college, and the men have always she's always been a victim of like sort of male control and everything. But you know, this year we've had Jennifer Coolidge in White Lotus. We've had, you know, um, uh, Gene Smart in Hacks and and Mayor. And this is up there with that. It's it's, as good as those. We've been blessed with these amazing women this year. And this might be Holland's best work ever. And it might be. I imagine that next year's Emmy will pit her against Jennifer. I have a feeling that it's going to come down to that because they are both. They're such different performances, but you just you end up just loving her so much and just sobbing for her and like i said this J. D. duplass character he needs to be a a a leading man because by god he is he plays this sort of rumpled professor who's sort of like you know all over the place but just magnetic and just daddy as fuck my god he's just just something else this
3: This is is on on the
2: you know it's on Netflix. Oh,
3: Netflix, okay.
2: And a lot of people have, it's it's been getting mixed reviews. Um some people are saying that it's too slow and it's you know, it's sort of like it, cuz it's about academia and it's sort of, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I definitely was there. I I did it all in once. And they're half-hour episodes, so they're very easy to
1: love a half-hour episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's the chess streaming on Netflix. Um did you guys watch uh this is number 5?
0: Number five.
1: Did you guys watch um, the morning show? Oh, the Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, I never watched it till this week either. Oh my gosh! It, Seth, did you like it?
3: Yeah, I I had it wasn't perfect, but it was definitely uh, you know a lot of great performances. And you know what? Brett Butler played Reese Witherspoon's mother on it.
1: Oh right! No. Oh, got it. Totally. Oh my gosh. yes wow um i've only two episodes into the first series the reason i want to talk about it today is season two is coming uh september 17th um and the first two episodes oh my god they're so good jennifer aniston who i've always kind of liked actually is really good playing a katie couric type news anchor you know pretty Mm -hmm. uh, you know pretty and sweet but not really so sweet and Reese Witherspoon was, un- I didn't realize it was her, is playing a sort of unhinged activist, young, sort of all about Eve type scenario, right? She's the young newcomer come to force out Jennifer Aniston. And I suppose that sort of the trigger of this, of the series, the series is based on the book Top of the Morning, um, which was about the battle between the Today Show and Good Morning America, because, you know, the Today Show... Was number one for something like 852 weeks, and finally Good Morning America took over. But the trigger event in this series is, of course, uh, Matt Lauer's firing for uh, sexually inappropriate conduct and things of that nature. And it's just really good. It's really, and Billy Crudup plays. A sleazy network executive, and he's so good at it. I, I mean, like him.
2: I think he's fantastic. He was in, wasn't he in that Jackie movie a couple of years ago? And he really sort of blew me away. The Jackie, always Jackie plays Kennedy. villains.
1: He's really good at playing villains. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm excited to see season two, and I'd never watched it. I guess, you know, Apple Plus of all of the mega streamers. So Apple Plus seems to be the place you never really bother going to or watching, but... um Maybe this is their show, you know, the breakout show.
2: No, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I um uh I don't know why I avoided it, but I, I did. Maybe I d I don't think I go to Apple Plus that much. I think you're right, you yeah. know.
3: Um I'll uh, definitely uh, watch the second season.
1: Yeah. Right? They've got the Mandalorian, right? That's the other thing. That no, that's Disney. Have. That's yeah. Oh, yeah, of course they don't have that. Blake, <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> no they have ted lasso oh.
1: I knew that. yeah i
2: don't yeah. even think i have apple plus i don't have an apple i have roku so can i get apple plus
3: yeah you have know. to pay for it but well, yeah i
2: see that's just it i you know but dear god in heaven i i need a raise to keep up with this damn show because <laughs> i cannot keep streaming i get all these different streaming things i'm i'm paying like Four hundred dollars in cable bills a month.
1: All right, moving on. Uh, we'll, do- <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll
2: we'll tell we'll ask Andy to pay for it. Yes, it, <laughs> Radio Andy, pay for it. Good
1: luck with that. Drag Race uh, Philippines James will be on Wow Presents Plus, so that's another streaming service for you to subscribe to. But hey, it's only four ninety nine, less than the price of a latte, right? I actually have Wild well, oh. Presents Plus. That is the one that I do have now. Well, that's good, because you're going to be... It's all about you next week. It's
2: James the Palooza. Well, you, you say James the Palooza, and I, I will put give my
1: $4.99. <laughs> Blake, what, do you have a question for us?
0: Um, Yes, I do. It's a birthday question. He's a director and a fashion designer from Texas. Today is his birthday, and we hope it's fucking fabulous. Who is he?
1: Ow, well. Oh, well... We'll have the answer, if you haven't guessed it already, right after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Report.
0: Things that make us go wow.
1: (laughs) And welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Jane St. James and a very special guest, senior writer for The Hollywood Reporter, Seth Abramovich. Blake, I think you asked us the easiest birthday question in the annals of questions on the Wow Reports.
0: What'd you call me? <laughs> um really? it's a birthday question. He's a director and a fashion designer from Texas. Today's his birthday, and we all hope it's fucking fabulous. Who is it? Can
1: Tom I guess?
2: Here you yeah, go.
1: Tom Ford. Tom Yay. Ford. Happy birthday, Tom Ford. Woo! All right, so happy birthday, Tom Ford. Let's carry on with the countdown. Top 10 things that made us go wow. We've reached number four. Number four. Okay, number four. I mean, everyone's talking about
3: it. We might as well. Jeopardy. What a crap show.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, so I, there have been some developments since we last talked about it. Last where, week
3: we talked about it. Yeah, where it. Oh, wow.
2: Richard, what's, what is his name, the, the producer?
3: Michael Richards.
2: Michael Richards. He has stepped down and take it from there. What else has been going on?
3: I I just can't believe how they screwed this up. It's unbelievable to me. I mean, it doesn't seem like that complicated a task, Uh, you know, and they've just done everything they can to screw it up. And it makes me wonder who's running it.
2: Well, it's this awful person, Michael Richards, who right. was a hubris, the absolute, just like, how dare you think that you can just make that pivot from producer to host? Like wh- what goes on in your head? And you think that nobody's going to be mad about it. Well,
0: next week, this, this show is going to be the Blake Jacobs show, by the way.
1: <laughs> it well, I would like to point
3: out that we're on a, a, a radio station called uh, – Radio Andy, and he was a producer at Bravo until he became online talent. I mean, right. on-air talent. So it's not like it's never happened before. Um, right. But this was a weird uh, bake-off on, uh, you know, in front of the world. And, um just,
2: you were led to believe that you were actually there was actually all these people in running to become the the host when in actuality it had already been you know decided amongst the powers that be that he was going to do it so the whole thing was just a fraud from the beginning.
3: And what I'm hearing is that there's there's you know dissension in the ranks and that the the writers the people who actually make the the, the trivia questions on the show are not okay with that decision and so you have this interesting thing between. Really, the the, the creative powers behind Jeopardy! and these uh, suits. Um, But they they kind of spoiled Jeopardy!, right? Because it it was...
2: Yeah, I mean nobody wants to go back to it now because it every in and, and the fact that Maya Bialik, who, you know, bless her heart, she's great on, you know, big bang theory, but she's got some weird ideas about science and vaccinations and and it sort of seems like a weird fit to have this weird anti-science person doing a show about, you know.
3: She also said something that if you have to have a C-section, then maybe the baby shouldn't survive or something. Or... She's
2: got some. She's and how she didn't she like? She believes in breastfeeding till they're ten or. I mean, like she just <laughs> has all these bizarro notions.
1: She's a temporary host, right? So who do you think no, would no, be... No.
2: Dave's now oh. said that she's stepping in as the permanent host. She was just going oh. night times. And I think today it was announced that she's... doing the
3: specials. She's doing like the primetime specials.
2: No, 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 no. Now, today I think I read that she is doing the, the nightly for until they find someone else. Until well, they who find would someone
3: you... else. Who would you have? Well, I liked Ken Jennings. I thought... I watched his shows and I thought... He was very amicable and and comfortable in front of the camera, and it impresses me that he probably knows the answers to like ninety percent of these questions. I don't know that to me that's impressive.
2: I, no. I like Ken Jennings on Twitter. I don't know that he's got the 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 judge the the, 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 the the it factor for TV. Well,
0: I, I... he has his own game show, The Chase, on ABC. Okay,
2: I and I actually bears- like it. I was hoping for LeVar Burton because he's so beloved and he's he's, you know, he's so iconic in the educational field for his PBS. You know, the what was the learning show, The Reading Rainbow? Mm -hmm. I mean, he just seems like somebody that, that generations have grown up with. I just think he has that same sort of Alex Trebek vibe about him, but he didn't get a good shot
1: at it, really. Couldn't this whole thing be about getting publicity and attention for jeopardy though, doesn't it like well but attend- it, it backfired on them I think that's what they thought they were doing, but
2: then it completely it
3: but did it? I mean, the same thing with this—the uh, the, the 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 only fans. I mean, everyone is up in arms over the only Fan. Now everyone's talking about only fans, and everything's back to how it was. So well, I wonder if maybe these things are good for them in the long run.
2: Well, you—it's that you know, any publicity is good publicity. But with only fans, it's sort of the same thing where. I don't know that they're. You know, they lost something like eighty-nine percent of their business in that one day when they announced it. And I don't know that those people or that eighty-nine percent is ever going to come back. Well, you have to go back
1: and re-sign up to those accounts, don't you? Not that I would know, but (laughs) you don't have them tabbed. I didn't know they'd reverse that policy, James. Have they? They did. So they-
2: and but but the people who you know, the, the people and OnlyFans, I mean it's a it's a whole other subject, but that's something that a lot of people made it through the pandemic doing, you know, OnlyFans. And it's just it it just felt icky and wrong to take that away. And I I don't like the people who came up with that idea. I'm just anti-
3: OnlyFans now.
2: Oh. Not okay, anti sex work, sure. but you know.
3: But it was the credit card companies, right?
2: Yeah. Well was it though? Were, were they were they just were they threatened with it? And but because now they seem to be fine with the credit card company.
1: I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's more to the story. Oh well, watch the space then. Um, let's move on in the meantime to number three.
0: Number three.
2: Um, number three. I. Went to the Getty Museum last week. the The villa, the one in the Palisades, because there was a really mar. There are two marvelous exhibits. One on Mesopotamian cuneiform. It was just uh, cuneiform, 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 and, yeah, cuneiform. And then, uh, and was just, just spectacular. And the other was from um, Assyrian art from the palaces. Um, the the art in the palaces of the Assyrian kingdom like, from six thousand years ago. And it's all these like stone. Um, carvings that, if you really look at it, it's just it's so it's just sex. It's just basically gay sex. If you really spend your time, if you really get up with a magnifying glass, you see it's just Babylonian boys playing with each other's butts, and it's just it's <laughs> just I mean it's dirty. And I kept like screaming like Oh my god, come look at this!" to my sister. And then there was this one that was like it was like a an 8-inch cylinder rod that had like a woman's face carved in it and it said this is a vessel for oils and i was like this ain't no vessel for oils this is a damn dildo if i have ever seen a dildo in my life and when you read like the placards it's always like you know scenes from the palace but it's like you know like an orgy of gay sex and you know that like the 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 people in the museum are just having a blast cuz they can't really write this that what 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 you're really seeing so anyway, so I was having, you know, I was doing that, and I was running around and taking pictures of all the butt sex and the, the cone stone carvings. And my I sister, guess we'll post
1: some of those on the Wow Report, right?
2: <laughs> my sister went over to the door, and it's a very quiet museum, mind you, okay. And my sister went over to the door and lifted up her mask a little tiny bit and took a sip of water. Well, the minute she did. Three docents came screaming out of nowhere, saying, "Oh my God, you can't do that! You can't do that! What are you doing? What are you doing?" And my sister started saying, "Well, well, no. The guard told me that I could go. I, if I went over to the door, I could do it." And slowly a crowd started forming around her and everyone lifted, took their phones out and started filming it because they thought she was karen out. And I'm, she's saying, no, no, no. And the guards (laughs) are screaming at her. And I'm saying, Cynthia, what are you doing? You can't do this. (laughs) And I'm a whore and trying to slink away and pretend I'm not with her as everyone's starting to film it. And I was really freaked out afterwards because I was like, this is like a very genteel museum. It's very like quiet, and every, and like all of a sudden, everyone just like reverted to you know like we're gonna get the like we're gonna get a mob mentality of we're gonna get this woman who dared to lift her mask to take a drink of water. And it just makes me think that things are tenser than what we know. And I just want to, very quickly another quick story. Um, I don't know. I go to the Ralphs right by you, Fenton, the third street in La Brea, yeah. and lately. I've noticed that in the corners there is they have new guards. They're in full Kevlar vests, guns, mace, uh, uh, tasers, but an actual gun, gun. And you know, Seth, you know the neighborhood as well. It's it's Hancock Park on one side, and it is um, uh, Orthodox Jewish on the other side. And those two groups get along very well together. I mean, it's everyone is very quiet, and you know, how are you? Oh, it's a lovely day. it's oh, take, you know, stay hydrated. Everyone just every if you squabble, it's in homes in public. Everyone is very polite, and it, it it makes no sense to me why if there if there's been threats there or what's going on. But it is two guards in full tactical gear, like they're in Kabul.
0: I think it's because of those uh people that have been going around places places in Southern California and just blatantly taking stuff and walking out the door with it
2: or the or the anti-maskers and the people you know
0: maybe but it's tense like you were saying
2: it I just feel there's the tension everywhere lately and things are getting ready to explode again
1: oh it definitely
3: feels like if there was a prequel to to Mad Max this is we're living it now and then like next is Mad Max
2: it feels like like there are all these markers out there happening that like if if we can connect the dots we will see that we're leading towards an inevitable
1: downfall. Yeah. Great, much yeah. Jerry. James, you're just <laughs> a repository of evil, dark, depressing news. <laughs> <laughs> Stock up on acid. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant LSD for a moment. Either. Or cool, we're headed for Dune is what we're headed for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, the droughts, right. Mm-hmm. Number two.
0: Number two.
1: Bay and Jay do Tiffany's. Um it's called About Love. It's a campaign. It's the first campaign that uh, Beyoncé and Jay-Z have appeared in together, and they appear in this campaign. He's got his hair done up like... Uh, oh, Michelle Black- yeah. yeah. Yes. She's wearing the Tiffany Diamond that's only been worn by three women ever before. I think well, it's, it was, it's uh, four. It's,
2: it's the, the original, and then Audrey Hepburn wore it to the um, uh Audrey Hepburn, Lady yeah. Gaga,
1: and Mary Lady Whitehouse. Yeah. Now, in the UK, Mary Whitehouse was this censorious woman who went around censoring scripts and books and complaining about pornography. That, this must be a different Mary Whitehouse, right?
2: I think, that, yeah. I, Who is I Mary know. Whitehouse?
1: Anyway, she she's one of the four women who've worn this diamond that Beyonce is wearing, and Beyonce is the first black woman to wear the diamond. And oh, it's the So it's the them two. And then there's this Jean Michel Basquiat, Jean Paul Basquiat, Jean what the fuck Jean Michel Michel. Painting thank
2: you that nobody has ever seen before it had been in private home and it's sort of a tiffany blue color which is why tiffany's has acquired
1: it well right they're saying that he must have thought of tiffany's when he was painting there's no evidence for that and i don't know if it's anyway people seem to have their niggers in a twist about this campaign james what do you think well first of all i mean
2: it's people are are people are treating Beyonce in a way that they didn't treat Lady Gaga for wearing the diamond, which seems a little hypocritical, I think is, is what I'm getting off of, of Twitter. Um, it's the, the, the diamond itself was mined in 1854 or something like that in South Africa. And 1877. it is
1: 77, 1877.
2: And it's, it is a blood diamond. I mean, we just, we can't get around the fact that it should, the diamond itself should go back to the people of South Africa which is sort of where people are going with this but it's not it's not beyonce's fault for wearing it i mean you know i mean like she was just she's wearing the and people are acting like beyonce should take the diamond snatch the diamond and walk over and give it to the you know a museum docent in south africa herself but that's not the case and also my my problem with it is that in the, in the course of doing this podcast we've talked a lot about jean michel and how he had a tendency to um, bring rich women into the the downtown scene, who he thought people, you know, he was always trying to to make a sale, and so he was he would hang out with rich people. But he, I think, he sort of disliked them. I think he sort of he just saw them as a, a means to an end. And I don't know that Jean Michel would want to be associated with Tiffany's in this way.
3: Well, it's what a, a bit think, late. Dude? I mean, his stuff is all over Hermès bags, and I, you can't get away from his stuff. I actually interviewed Julian Schnabel, who did uh, uh, the, the Basquiat film, and I asked him what, like, what this was before this whole controversy. I just thought, I can't get away from his imagery, and what do you think he would think of all this? And uh, if I recall, he said he'd be fine with it. You know, he had no problem, uh, uh, you know, commercializing himself, and he wanted to be famous. So... I find it weird that all of a sudden that that this is a controversy and everyone's being so protective of his legacy and where were they when all these other things were coming out.
1: But I guess, you know, it's good for Tiffany's ultimately because when the movie, there's a little film of Beyonce singing Moon River to uh, Jay-Z that comes out September 15th and the print campaign launches September 2nd and I'm sure all eyes will be on it and people will be rushing to Tiffany's. And I do love those little blue boxes. Robin's egg blue is is, a lovely color.
3: Of course, if they're tying, hitching their post to um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know, that's a problematic movie in no. that they're, they're mm-hmm. you have uh, Andy, uh, uh, what's Mickey his name? Rune Rune Mickey Rune, Rune, uh playing Rune. this horrible Asian stereotype. So, it, you know, that could come back to haunt them as well.
1: Well, of course, that's who Beyonce is referencing. She's referencing Audrey Hepburn. Right. Breakfast at Tiffany's the hair on. and the backless gown mm-hmm. and the
2: black backless gown. Yeah. All right. But Blake, since we automatically-
1: got to move on. We got to move on. Let's take a break. We'll be right back after the break with the number one thing this week that made us go wow.
0: You're listening to World of Wonders
1: Wow Report
0: Things that Make Us Go Wow.
1: And welcome back. Uh, The number one thing this week that made us go wow. What is it? What is it? It is. Oh, this is the best story ever. I'll just read from Deadline Hollywood. The, um, let me see, let me see. Let me well,
2: see. Wait, hold on one second. We do this and we apologize to Seth from who is from Hollywood Reporter. Well, we so are, maybe maybe the
1: Hollywood
3: Reporter reporter. Uh, I mean, it's it's it. the same company now, Pensky. It is. Okay, okay, go uh, A ahead. sister publication. Number one.
1: <laughs> the now 30-year-old man pictured as a baby on the cover of the multi-million selling oh. Nirvana album, Nevermind. Filed suit today in Los Angeles, alleging the former members of the Grunge Rock trio, various record companies, art directors, and others, 17 people all in all, violated federal criminal child pornography laws and caused him lifelong suffering, trafficking his image worldwide. What the... Come on!
2: Well, especially because
1: this guy
2: for the last 20 years has been absolutely fine with it and, and his pose re you know re, reenacted it and is it you know conventions and and talking to fans and
1: reenacted it not once james four times on the 10th <laughs> anniversary of the album the 17th anniversary the 20th and the 25th anniversary it's like he
3: sure keen every time
1: <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <so King>. yeah <laughs> And he that's the issue. He feels that his penis, you know, he said, um, let me see. He said that uh where is it? He went it's, to the the fact game. that the baby
2: is reaching for money shows that it's sex the baby is involved in sex work, is I think how he was tr- implying, and which is basically a QAnon. You know that some QAnon aunt or uncle has gotten to him and put been <laughs> th- 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 whispering in his ear because he wasn't like this before, and now all of a sudden he just seems like a bizarre. You know,
1: he James, when I go to a baseball game and think about it, man, everybody at this baseball game has probably seen my little baby penis. <laughs> I feel like That's I got of my human rights revoked. <laughs>
3: You
2: can look at my baby penis anytime you want. I'll, I'll post them on the wow report. I'm not going to, why would you get upset 20 years later?
3: That's that sounds doll. like a doll. I my know. baby penis.
1: <laughs>
3: That's
1: it right I did take a bit of a dive. Here's an interesting bit in the, in the lawsuit from the, from the, whatever you call it, the document. He said that to ensure, ensure the album cover would trigger a visceral sexual response from the viewer, the photographer activated Spencer's gag reflex before throwing him underwater.
2: What? Wow.
1: What has that got That's to do? Any, like, why would you activate How would the would not even know that? Unless four I... months. Pay him. give him money. Well, he he's wants, he,
2: how much does he want? He wants 100 million or something? Uh,
1: 150,000 from 17 different defendants. That's it? Oh. <laughs> <so>. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's not 150,000 from each of them. So it's oh.
2: like, yeah, it's like. This is still minutes. only 1.7 million or some, or no,
1: almost 2 million.
3: For all the happiness he's given us. Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he also has a large tattoo on his chest that says, never mind.
2: See, yes. I'm telling you, he has had a he has had a Trumpian conversion at the hands of some relatives who have been saying, get yours, get yours.
3: The same woman as the monster energy drink with the satanic symbols in it. You ever see that? That oh, video? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's a genius. Seth, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Please come again. It's so lovely to see you. Oh, so
3: lovely to see you too. It is always fun.
1: Thank you, James. We'll be seeing much, much more of you next week on James Appaloosa. On and wow. then never
2: again. <laughs> it's it's my, my swan song.
1: I am done. No. <laughs> okay, <Thanks> share. For... <laughs> same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go Wow. wow. wow.